In another moment, Alice was through the glass and had jumped lightly down into the looking-glass room. The very first thing she did was to look whether there was a fire in the fireplace, and she was quite pleased to find that there was a real one blazing away as brightly as the one she had left behind. So I shall be as warm here as I was in the old room, thought Alice. Oh, what fun it'll be when they see me through the glass and hear and can't get at me. Then she began looking about and noticed that the clock on the chimney piece, you know you can only see the back of it in the looking glass, had the face of a little old man and it grinned at her. Alice noticed several of the chessmen down in the hearth among the cinders. The chessmen were walking about. Here are the Red King and the Red Queen, Alice said in a whisper for fear of frightening them. And there are the White King and the White Queen sitting on the edge of the shovel. And here are two castles walking arm in arm. I don't think they can hear me, she went on as she put her head closer down. And I'm nearly sure they can't see me. I feel as if I were invisible. Here something began squeaking on the table behind Alice and made her turn her head just in time to see one of the white pawns roll over and begin kicking. She watched it with great curiosity to see what would happen next. It is my child, the queen cried out as she rushed past the king so violently that she knocked him over among the cinders. My precious lily, my imperial kitten, and she began scrambling wildly up the side of the fender. Imperial fiddlestick, said the king, rubbing his nose. He had a right to be a little annoyed with the queen, for he was covered with ashes from head to foot. Poor little Lily was nearly screaming herself into a fit, so Alice hastily picked up the queen and set her on the table by the side of her noisy little daughter. The queen gasped and sat down. The rapid journey through the air had quite taken her breath, and for a minute she could do nothing but hug the little Lily in silence. As soon as she had recovered a little, she called out to the white king who was sitting sulkily among the ashes. Mind the volcano! What volcano, said the king, looking up anxiously into the fire, as if he thought that was the most likely place to find one. Blew me up, panted the queen, still a little out of breath. Mind you come up the regular way. Don't get blown up. Alice watched the white king as he slowly struggled up, till at last she said, Why, you'll be hours getting to the table at that rate. I'd better help you. But the king took no notice. It was quite clear that he could neither hear nor see her. So Alice picked him up very gently and lifted him across more slowly than she had lifted the queen, that she mightn't take his breath away. But before she put him on the table, she thought she might dust him a little, he was so covered with ashes. Never in all her life had Alice seen such a face as the king made when he found himself held in the air by an invisible hand and being dusted. He was far too astonished to cry out. There! Now you're tidy enough, Alice added as she smoothed his hair and set him upon the table near the queen. The king immediately fell back and lay perfectly still. Alice, a little alarmed, went to see if she could find any water to throw over him. However, she could find nothing but a bottle of ink, and when she got back with it she found he had recovered. He and the queen were talking together in a frightened whisper so low that Alice could hardly hear what they said. The king was saying, I assure you, my dear, I turned cold to the very ends of my whiskers. To which the queen replied, You haven't got any whiskers. The horror of that moment, the king went on, I shall never, never forget. 
You will, though, the Queen said, if you don't make a memorandum of it. Alice looked on with great interest as the King took an enormous memorandum book out of his pocket and began writing.